Yo, what's up, family? Thank you guys so much for tuning in to Reveal the Heal, the podcast where real conversations bring about healing. Listen, guys, thank you so much for all of the support. Um, listen, I told you in uh, episode one that I kind of went on a hiatus, but I thank you guys for all of your faithful support, your prayers. And so we back with episode two, and I think you guys are going to really enjoy this conversation because I'm getting ready to sit down with one of my good friends, Caleb. Uh, and Caleb is an author of a brand new book book called Simply Love Jesus, and we're going to sit here and have a great conversation about that. And the reason why I decided to have this conversation with Caleb is because if there's ever a time in our world now that people need to figure out how to simply love Jesus and understand who Jesus really is, it is now because where the world is, people have put Jesus in the Republican Party. They have put Jesus in the Democratic Party. Like all of these things, when you say Jesus, there is so much stigma that comes with that name. Uh, but today, man, I'm getting ready to sit down with my good friend. And he's going to talk to us surrounding this topic of how do we simply love Jesus and who is Jesus. And one of the things that I believe very well in this season that you and I uh, need to be healed from a bad picture of who Jesus is. I'm going to say that again. We need to be healed mm. from a bad version of who Jesus is. And today uh, I got my good yeah. friend Caleb with me. Um, Caleb, say what's up to the people, man. Yo, what's up, friends? Thank you so much for tuning in. And thank you again, Corbin, for having me. I mean, I always look forward to talking to you because it's just fun. So <laughs> it gives me the excuse just to just to hear your voice. And so I'm really excited. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you, friends, again for listening. Uh, you know, you got you just have such a great support team and you have so many people that are just like instantly like ready to just like rally to you. And I just think you just you have that thing about you that you just rally people around you. And it's just beautiful. It's all Jesus, bro. But my goal is to push people to Jesus, bro. And if that's using my influence or using my energy, using whatever I have to do that, like that's the main goal. Uh, so, Caleb, man, for people who do not know who you are, uh, can you just go ahead and kick the podcast off with just telling people a little bit of your story? And second part of the question, how did you arrive to this mm. this message of simply loving Jesus? Yeah, absolutely. Well, yeah, a little bit about myself. Again, my name's Caleb, and I was in student ministry for about 10 years, uh, and I, I was... I started when I was 16 years old. That's where my story really, really kicked off was my youth pastor discipled me. And we saw literally in a year, a high school ministry exploding from 50 high schoolers to 500 high schoolers. And we were just shepherding that and reaching teenagers. Um, and then when I was 17 years old, um, unfortunately, some events occurred and uh, my youth pastor, he had to step away. And so because of that, it was just it was very sudden. And so because of that event, I ended up transitioning in as kind of like this unofficial interim youth pastor as we were cycling people in and out and trying to figure out what was happening next. And so as a 17 year old pastoring, essentially all of these 500 high schoolers speaking every week, reaching out to them, messaging them, encouraging them, talking to our volunteers, working on some series, like just, it was just, everything was a grind. Um, and then that's where God, I feel like really just started to change everything for me was, was going into that world and just having this whole responsibility kind of just thrown on me, but I, I was ready for it. And I really believe that God allowed me to be able, he gave me the strength needed to be able to guide people through that season and to be able to work with them. And that's when God really 
really just gave me this heart for ministry and gave me this realization that like, this is what I want you to do. This is what I want you to do with your life is to reach teenagers, to reach young adults, to tell them about what it means to love Jesus, to tell them about who God is. And so I kept running after that. And so as I got older, it was just, it was still very unclear, like, what did that look like for me? Because I eventually did pursue being a youth pastor. But even when I was in high school or I was, when I was a high school, I was like, you know, I want to be a youth pastor because I, I feel like that's what I've been like almost trained to do. But at the same time, I was like, something just isn't fitting right. It's very, still very foggy and unclear for me. Um, and God really brought some dramatic clarity in my life when I was 19 years old and he gave me a vision, um, about reaching, about doing a ministry that, 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 uh, really unites churches and be able to go out and call out some of the problems and the issues that we see in the church. And so when that happened, I was like, oh man, like, this is it. Like, this is what I'm doing. Let's go for this. Um, but just like David, when he was a shepherd and he got anointed to be keen, he just went right back to being a shepherd. He just went back, back to what he was doing. I, at the same time was like, you know, this is this vision. God's going to get me there, but I'm just going to go right back to just doing what he's already put in front of me, which is just being faithful and shepherding these high schoolers and, um, and going and pursuing ministry where the doors may open. So that eventually opened the doors for me to go to Bible college. Um, didn't graduate, but I, I enjoyed my time there. And then right afterwards came back, jumped on as the youth pastor again at the same church. Um, and then after that season, moved up to Des Moines, Iowa to be a youth pastor. Um, and so shepherded students out there. And then after about almost about three years up there, that's when God really shifted everything and helped me actually realize. And he softened my heart and made me re and just erased a bunch of pride in my life and made me realize that like, hey, like I'm shaped, I've shaped you to do something specific and I want you to run after that. And so I was like, okay, let's, let's, let's look at this. What am I shaped for? And that's when it led me to the conclusion that God had shaped me not to be a pastor, though I was good at it, but it, to be an effective youth pastor required me to overcome a lot of, uh, a lot of, uh, we not weaknesses, but just hurdles in my personality. And so to be an effective pastor required me to overcome and that led to so much burnout really quickly. And so God was like, yo, it's time for you to jump and lean into your strengths. And I shaped you as your strengths to be a writer and a speaker. Those are the things that I have just, I've put in you. And so I was like, all right, well, let's run after this. What does it look like to just run after what I'm shaped for? Um, and I had been working on a book for already for that by that point for the past six years. Um, and mm. so I chose to transition out and start running after what I believe God shaped me for um, and to start a ministry that goes back to fulfilling that vision that he gave me a long time ago. Um, and so with that vision and I had all the clarity, I had God had prepped me. It was very much a very similar almost to David in the sense that how he was spent all this time, like he knew he was going to be king, but it didn't happen until good. What, what was it like 20, 20 years later, 10 years later? Right. I mean, it was a long time. And then yeah. during that whole, so during that whole season, God was prepping him and teaching him and putting skills in him and doing all these things to prepare him for the time that was given to him to be king. Um, and so in the same way, like God was using this, these things in my life as a, to, as a pastor, as a youth minister, building these skills and these qualities and these, and these character traits that I needed in order to go off 
be an become an author, start my own nonprofit organization. And and so now we're in the season where that's what we're doing now. My book again is coming out this November. Yes, sir. Um, and then we started our we're in the first year of doing my organization, which is called Simply Love Jesus, which is also the name of the book. Um, and so I'm just excited. It's a it's a really exciting time. It's a season of starting new, which for me stresses me out. But at the same time, the beauty uh, in the mess is the fact that it's, you know, you're you're doing something new. You're starting something fresh. Uh, and so it's been really exciting. Bro, like, listen, you don't talk and you don't have, preach like three or four sermons in this in your story. <laughs> uh, the, the, the picture of David yeah. is a beautiful illustration um, to what it really looks like when God calls you. Uh, because mm. living in this generation right now where people think our callings are microwavable, like God called you today, so that means you go stand on the platform tomorrow. Mm. Like that is not the reality. <laughs> well, oh, I mean, and even, and it just reminded me of something like, and some of the things, like that's a very, very short version of my story. There's a lot of stuff that happened in between those 10 years. So much happened. But I think the biggest thing that I want to emphasize, especially for like those of you who may be listening and you're like a creative or you're someone, you got a vision, you got a plan and you're like, God, let's go, let's do this. Woo! Like whatever. Um, one of the things that I want to emphasize is that um, we often, oh, I think one of the biggest mistakes we make in our modern church culture is we equate anointing with performance. And we think, well, if they're a talented speaker, they're a talented musician, they're, someone will say, oh, you are anointed. You're such a great worship leader. You're anointed by God. You're such a powerful preacher. You're anointed. But that's not how the Bible uses anointing. If you look at David, if you look at David and you there see you go. the things that he got, he went through before he became king, he was anointed to be king, but the things that he had to go through to get there, if you look at the prophets, those who are anointed by God to be prophets, you look at the anointed one, Jesus, the Messiah, Christ, which means anointed one. You look at what he went through and the Bible is abundantly clear. Anointing is not measured by performance. Anointing is measured by suffering. Yes, sir. And so in your life, like the things that, that God used to get me to where I am today was through crushing and through so much suffering Ooh. that I did not put on my own life, but were things that happened around me and mm. put crushing and pushed me down mm. while I continued to stay faithful and follow God. But through that process was not a, uh, it was not a happy process. It yeah. was a miserable, it was a miserable process. It was mm. depressing. And it was, it. I mean, just being totally transparent it brought me to the point where like even this past year year and a half and i was literally wrestling with suicidal tendencies for like six months mm -hmm. to the point because i had been brought to my very edge yeah and i was totally at a point of almost hopelessness because of so much had had crushed me and brought me down and so but through those seasons i continued to be faithful and praise God. And so at the end of that season, that's when, man, God, so if you're in your life and you're like, I've got a calling, I know what I'm running after, like I'm praying for you because for God to shape us mm. requires us to go through some suffering. Uh -huh. And the reason why, and it's not hard to hear to say, well, I got to go through suffering. That's not fun. No, it's not. It's not good either. Like, but the thing is, and here's the flip twist of it is just as it says in Isaiah that it was through his wounds Come on. that we are healed, you God wants it. to use your wounds to bring healing to the world around Come you. Come on. Um, so, yeah. Boy, you, 
So you preach for a living, huh? I get that. <laughs> <laughs> My boy can turn a message into anything. That's what I'm talking about, bro. <laughs> but I think it's beautiful, man. Like that process, even to the process of your book, like that is beautiful because you have to go through the the, the crushing. And people don't like to talk mm. about that. Like you have to go through it to get your message like across or to come uh to terms with your life message because i think yeah. in what you kind of have experienced i think simply loving jesus that's what it was birthed out of it had to yeah. be so tell us how did simply love jesus how did that come about um far as yeah. the life message and all of that yeah well so it actually came out of one question and that's what when i was 19 years old what kind of kick-started this this just this truly like a vision, like I can't even explain it. It was literally like a thing where I was, I was sitting down and I like, literally I it was like, I was, it was like, I was looking my eyes were open, but I was like looking into a dream mm. and that was all. And so God just unveiled and revealed all of these things to me. And it was in that moment that was all triggered when I was in this place of being so burdened for the church and looking around me and seeing all these people um, that I just that say that they love God, but you just don't see it in their like you don't see it in their life. You don't see them as as excited trying to go out and be good. And I was be good news to people around them. Like you could just tell that like Jesus was just a name that went one ear and out the other. And I was just so burdened by that. And I was like, how do we not see how good Jesus is? Like, what is it that is going to take to fix this? And I felt the Spirit of God literally put just a question on my heart. And I, it was so, I don't even know how to explain it. And I'm like, I didn't grow up in a charismatic uh, world. I had seen God do some supernatural things and do them through me and around me and all this stuff. But I just never grew up in an environment that was, that was a constant thing of communication. And, but I, so I don't know how to explain it well, but all I can tell you is that I felt God put a question on my heart and it was as if I could physically feel the words go travel up to my mouth. And then all of a sudden I just said it without thinking it. I just said, what does it mean to simply love Jesus? Come on. And it was as if in that moment, everything I had learned about God, the Bible, Jesus, Christianity, the church, all the things I've been wrestling with, it just had clarity. Wow. wow. And in that moment, it like changed everything for me. And so the next several years at that point was just even processing because I had tried to write about it before. And I was like, God, what do I do with this message? Like my everyone, like when I was at Bible college at the time and I was still wrestling with all this stuff and I was just kind of blown away. People literally thought I had gotten saved for the first time because wow. I was I was like, do you all know that like, Jesus, Jesus is everything? Come on, big Jesus. Yeah, 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 Jesus. And they were like, what is like, right. you already said you were a Christian. What's wrong with you? And so um, so I was I, I had already tried to write this book before. For because I was like, God, what do I do with this message? What do I do about it? And God said, write it. So I literally, I, I pulled an all-nighter and wrote the entire book. And then, but then when I went through a Reddit, I was like, ah, but this isn't it. Like there's something about, you just read something or you write, or maybe you just do something. You're like, it's just not, it's not quite it. There's like, it's wow. not, there's something missing here. So I had that feeling. So I erased the entire thing and started over. Um, and so then I did that like two more times and I was like, you know what? There's something here. And I think I just got to marinate in this for a while. Mm. And so I just put it aside for a little bit. And the next several years was allowing life um, and allowing this message to just like, it was like God had put it all here. Mm. And now I had to get some time to figure out how to clearly communicate it and how to put words to it wow. in a cohesive and in a clear way. Um, and so 
So really the entire book, that's what really started everything. And so through the next few years, it was even discipling people through this process and be, and helping people understand and knowing life circumstances and all these things that have shaped it for me to say, as time has gone on, I was like, now I understand. Now I'm at the point where God is able to fully allow me to communicate everything he just just fire hosed like mm. on my brain in a moment. And now I'm able to put it out with like a nice, like little faucet wow. <laughs> and just like make that easy for people. And so the book, um, is like I said, it's about answering. The book is about answering that question. Mm. What does it mean to simply love Jesus? The book is, uh, and I just love the cover. Like that's my favorite thing about this whole thing. It's just the cover. Cause it's just nice. It's the, it's white text on a black, but I don't know. It's just, mm. it's nice, very nice and clean, but it's simple. That's the, like, you know, right. so it sticks with that theme. So the book is about how everything is complicated. Mm. Life, faith, family, friends, mm. romance, preach. Like it's right. all complicated. Mm. But I believe that Jesus is the one thing that shouldn't be. Come on. And when we understand the answer to one question, all of the complicated things in our life and in our world will fall into place, which is what does it mean to simply love Jesus? Mm. And so the book answers that question and helps walk people through a journey of understanding that when we know what it means to simply love Jesus, not only do we overcome all of the struggles in our life and in our world, but we understand what it means to live in the way that Jesus Jesus intended for his followers and to be able to bring good news to the world around us. Mm. Um, so wait, yeah. before we go into how do we simply love Jesus, let's just talk about people's views of who Jesus is. But because mm. like, frankly, I, I think there are a group of people who probably even listening to this right now who's saying, hey, I like Corbin, I love his energy, I like Caleb, I like what they do, but this whole Jesus thing isn't for me, because when they see Jesus, like I mm. said in the intro of the podcast, they see Jesus attached to a political party, they see Jesus yeah. as a liberal, they see Jesus as someone who is coming to control you, to tell you what to do, and all of these things. That they, You see Jesus, you see religion, you see church hurt for a lot of people, um, they, yeah. they can't see between the church and the savior. Right. So like, mm. so, so, so when we talk about Jesus, uh, in your words, um, who is Jesus to you? Yeah. Well, I want to actually, um, read one thing real quick. Cause actually one of the things that I talk about, um, and this is literally just cause the very first chapter of my book where I'm just going to read this cause I think it just summarizes it pretty well. Yeah. I'm sure that by reading the name Jesus, you might have some preconceived ideas. Sometimes I wonder how much people actually know who Jesus was. Mm. You may know him as a central figure for Christianity. You may know that he was a Jewish rabbi who lived 2,000 years ago. You may even know that he said some famous things, such as do unto others as you would have them do unto you. But I wonder if, even for many Christians, there isn't much more beyond that. Mm. I wonder whether Jesus was nice whether he was kind. I wonder what he valued, what he considered sacred. I wonder what made Jesus happy and what made him sad. If Jesus were my friend, I wonder what I would do to encourage him. Do you wonder about those things as well? It's easy to only see people for their beliefs and ignore their humanity in the process. We often fall into the temptation to fixate on someone's position and we forget that person is just that, 
a person. Wow. They were once a child who grew up in a context filled with their own hardships. Yeah. Their life experiences shaped what they value and why they think the way they think. I think about whether we have done the same with Jesus. Some of us may believe we know Jesus we know what Jesus believes, but I'm not sure many people truly know why. I'm not totally sure many people under truly understand who Jesus is as a person or know what he values and how and how that shapes what he thinks is best. Mm. How many of us believe in Jesus but only because of what we were taught growing up? Wow. I wonder how many people would still follow Jesus if they actually knew who he is as a person, knew what he valued and knew what he cares about. In the same way, how many people reject Jesus for his beliefs before trying to understand why he values, what he values, and who he is as a person? Nobody believes something for nothing. Wow. Everyone has a reason, even God. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So, so <laughs> unpack that. So he got to unpack that. Yeah. Now, come on now. <laughs> yeah. So it's that that last sentence really hinges on it is the fact that everyone has a reason for what they believe, even God. And there's a lot of people where um, when I say we just need to preach the I tell people like we just need to preach the truth. We need to preach the mm. truth to the world. We need to preach the truth of the what the Bible says. But even in those words, most people will already have a fixated on idea of what that looks like. And at least in my head, when I say that, the first thing that comes to mind is I think of like some guy from down here in Georgia going, yeah, we just need to preach the truth of Jesus and what the Bible says. I'm like, I could, at least in my head, what that guy's image of what Jesus says and what he believes is not actually reflective of what Jesus says Come and on. what Jesus believes. Because there are things that he holds very uh, firmly to in conviction but for strong reasons and things that he values. But what we know about Jesus is that Jesus was many things. He was, but he was the perfection of everything that we would want to be and hope to be. He was kind mm. and compassionate. Yeah. He uplifted the outcasted. Mm. He uplifted those who were rejected by others. Come on. He was, he had this a very, like, if you want to give everything that Jesus taught, it was very much this backwards mentality. I think Jesus's teachings all can be, well, I don't know if I got, one of the ways that Jesus' teachings can be summarized is in his message where he goes and he teaches, the last will be first, the first will be last. And he's had this idea that like those, and then he says, those who try to find their life will lose it. But those who lose their life will find it. Like is the idea, he has these very, the, the whole way that we think our natural tendencies mm. about reality are flipped upside down. And Jesus exposes that the natural tendencies within ourselves are deceiving and working against us to destroy us. Come on. So we live in a world that is filled with this. It's all about what I want, what I need, what feels good to me, what feels right to me. It, and we do we express this even in how we overcome problems. We, we say this so often. It's my problem. I'll fix it. Is it right? Mm. But within that, within that very mentality is a mindset that sets us up for destruction. So Jesus was a person who's calling out these things and helping us understand that, like the way that we think the world should be, is not the way the world should be. And in order to get to the way the world should be, requires us to deny a me-focused nature within us. And so he were, he did that by showing us so many ways that he flipped the expectations to those who were outcasted by the society he took in, he healed. He he went and sat with people who were despised by 
by many. He would sit with tax collectors and 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 people who were were labeled as sinners. He would sit with tax collectors and sinners. He would he would go and he made friends with people that even today in the same context we would say like I don't even hang on with those are bad people. Like right. he would go and hang out with these people. And yet at the same time, he was also the Jesus who was so confident and strong about what he believed that he went and flipped tables and temples, but even within that context like people would say, well, Jesus, you know, they ju- they use Jesus flipping tables to justify their false sense of zeal and passion for God and their false sense of understanding. Jeez. But what they don't understand is that Jesus was flipping tables on his own people. Mm. He wasn't going out and, and people think that like, you know what? Jesus flipped tables. So this whole world needs to repent of their sins. I'm like, really? Because if I look at the Bible, I don't see I, maybe and correct me if I'm wrong because I've just been doing actually a lot of this is a lot, very recent study for me. So tell me if you, if you've seen this because I haven't. I don't see uh, the Bible or at least the apostles or Jesus calling non-believers to repentance. I see him calling believers Caleb. to repentance. He Caleb. goes around and preaches to a Jewish audience of repentance because they already claimed to know the mm. Father, but they did they rejected God standing right in front of them. So like he was calling them to repentance. But when Preach. he goes what? around to an unbelieving world, they change their they, they don't change their message, but they change its 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 um its pres- presentation. Mm. They they go and proclaim good news by giving and helping the outcasted, helping the poor, giving money to the poor, healing the sick. And they're showing this good news and they're not telling them to repent because why would you tell an unbelieving world to change their mind about something that they don't even believe? So so I say all that to say that Jesus, when people want to use Jesus's flipping tables and whipping people out of the temples, they forget that the context is he was doing that on his own people. Yeah. And so he so Jesus would often come into our world and take our expectations and flip them upside down but yet he was so strong and so f- sure of what he knew was true and yet what did he do with all of the power that he had? Mm. He chose to use it Just, for wow. compassion and mm. sacrifice. Wow. He chose he had all the power and yet he allowed the evil of the world to exhaust itself on him so that he could show he was greater than it. Beautiful picture, so, man. That That yeah. is beautiful. What did he choose to do with his power? Mm. He came to serve, right? Like, like yep. if people yep. could get that picture in their head. And I love what you're saying about him because he is, the picture that you just described is a man who was fully human and fully God. That the human side of him had compassion, even the God side of him had compassion, but he understood the mission that he was on. And the fact that you pointed out yeah. the people who he had a problem with, like, bro, that's a beautiful picture. But the question remains what you just said. What did he do with his power? That is beautiful because mm. that shows the heart of our God. It shows the heart yeah. of Jesus, who he really was. He had all power in his hand. And what did he choose to do? came to serve and to lay down his life so you and I could be in right relationship with God. If that's not a beautiful picture of who Jesus is, and I think that's the picture that people need to see when we're talking about this God or we're talking about Jesus. They need to see this beautiful picture. So, Caleb, here's the question that we all been waiting for. How do we simply love (laughs) this beautiful man who had all power in his hands and chose to serve with all power in his hands. Tell me about that, God. Come yes. on. Yes. 
So what it means to simply love Jesus, it starts like at least what we teach in our book and what I teach to disciples, what I teach to our team and people who just jump into our organization. What I tell them is that to simply love Jesus starts with one question. What does it mean to simply love Jesus? Mm. And we're very intentional about that because the reason why we start with that question is that the more that we ask that question, the more it should cause within us a desire to know who he is. Because the more that I think about that question, the more that I talk and I ask that question to myself, the more it begins to make me think about not just who Jesus is, but it makes me to reflect on what it is that he has done for me. It makes me think about the reality that the first step to simply loving Jesus is understanding that Jesus simply loves you. It's the idea that when I go and when I think about who Jesus is, and when I think about what he's done for me, how he loves me, how he died for me, also, and he rose from the grave, also that could be liberated from a me-focused nature. It just brings me back to that reality that the first step to simply loving Jesus is understanding that Jesus simply loves you. And so when I reflect on that and I ask that question, I'm reminded by that, the thing that it should bring within me is a desire like, oh, I just want to know who he is. I want to know what he's like. I want to know what he loves. I want to know about Jesus, this person who loves me. And so how we do that is by praying and getting in the and getting in the Bible and reading about who God is as a person and discovering what it is that he cares about, his convictions, his plan for humanity and the world and his and his ideas. And so the more that I read and I learn and I build a relationship and I know who God is, the thing that should be so abundantly clear is that God loves people. Come on. And so when I realize, like just if I was in a relationship with someone and I realized that like, oh man, their favorite. Wait, 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 ladies and gentlemen. Caleb is single, ladies and gentlemen. He is single. (laughs) He he, he is. If you ladies out there, if you love Jesus, shameless plug for my little brother. Hey, holla Uh, at him now. He's single. All right. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. No, yours all good, man. It's all good. So, like, just like I was in a relationship, and I find out that some, let's say, I find out someone's favorite show, TV show, is Friends, and they're having a rough day. What? Well, if I know that they like the TV show Friends, what do I want to do to cheer them up? If they're having a rough day, I'm like, hey, you want to? I would like sit there, prepare like a nice meal, like their favorite meal. I would, I would prepare their like favorite drinks or whatever, and I would say, hey, let's watch your favorite TV show, and I would do all that to show them that I love them, that I care about them, and in the same way, what would it mean for us to show God that we love him, to show him that we care about him. So if God loves people and I love God and I want God to know that I love him, then I should go and love people. And so in that same way, that's why we teach people that the closer I am to God, the greater my love for people will be. Mm. And that's where we come to the climax of almost all of scripture, which teaches the most important thing that Jesus wanted us to know is that you should love God with all of your heart, soul, mind, and strength and love your neighbor as yourself. Jesus did not say that the greatest commandment was to love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And then the next greatest commandment is to love your neighbor as yourself. No, mm. no, no. That's not how it's set up in right. Jesus' time. He put them on equal footing mm. where Jesus um, put them on equal footing and said, if your relationship with God can be measured by your love for people. Mm. And so Jesus wanted us to understand like that those two together, which 
interestingly enough, is another way, interesting parallel to the Trinity, but that's like a whole nother conversation. Right. Um, so <laughs> two commands, one greatest commandment, whatever, you know, like three people, three persons, one God. Anyways. So, yeah. but the more that I love people and I serve people and I run after chasing people and I want to mm. just give to them and serve them and be compassionate and just do what Jesus did for people, mm. the more I'm reminded of my purpose as a Christian which is to love God with everything that I have so that I can love others and prepare the world for when Jesus returns. And the more that I'm just sitting in that purpose and I'm reflecting on the fact that like, man, this is so much bigger than me. This is so much weight. When I realize like all that God has given to me and invited me into and invited me to be part of, it makes me realize like I, it is so much bigger than me. And yet God gives it to me anyways. God wants to empower me anyways. God wants to include me in his kingdom, include me in his plans, even when I don't deserve it. Because let's be frank, when we look at all that God gives us, we don't deserve it. (laughs) But yet Jesus gives it to us. And so when I reflect on that purpose and I just think about that, it just overwhelms me. Like he's so good and he gives me what I don't deserve, but he invites me into it anyways. And it's like, man, I just, I just want to know that he just is so good. And so like, what do I do? with this and then Mm. we tell people you ask one question what does it mean to simply love jesus and it just starts that process all over again Mm. so that's why if um if you ever look up our organization you'll see that our our logo is the letter s with a cycle symbol written around it and so the whole point of it is the idea that the s is simply love jesus but the cycle is that how we simply love jesus is we live our entire lives where everything starts Mm. and revolves around loving Jesus. Mm. Our whole life starts with Jesus and then our whole life revolves around loving Jesus. Jesus. That's what I'm talking about with Caleb, bro. In closing remarks, tell people where they can find you and where can they pick up this book? Um, And who is this book is for? You got to tell people who this book is for as well. Yeah, absolutely. So this book um, was written with young adults in mind um, because I believe we live in a generation that is that everything is more complicated than it's ever been. And it's affecting our young adults the most um, because they're coming in with with without the preconceived ideas, without the pre understandings. And so the way that we live and we show who Jesus is in the church culture, like it's more important now than ever to make sure young adults really know who Jesus is. So this book was written with young adults in mind. Um, I really believe that everyone can get something out of this. Um, I have right now we're, we're testing it with book clubs and different people who are trying it. And we're finding that there, uh, not only are adults, uh, finding this book incredibly impactful for their life, um, because we break things down in such a very simple way for them. Um, but we're also finding is very interesting. The people who are getting almost more out of this book than I anticipated are people who have experienced church hurt Wow! and they want to have, they want to believe in Jesus, but their, their, their obstacle in the way is the church. And so we're finding that actually people like that are also getting so much out of this book. Um, and so, but the way it's designed, even some of the application, it's written with young adults in mind. But like I said, everyone can get something out of this book. And I think it's just as powerful no matter what stage of life you're in, um, except if maybe you're a baby, but you can't read at that point. So yeah. it's whatever. <laughs> uh, but to answer your question, right now, the book is available for pre-order 
Um, it comes out November 5th is when it releases, um, but it is available for pre-order right now. And we would really encourage and ask that you pre-order the book because that's going to allow us to be able to help net your pre-orders not only help us pay for printed copies, but the pre-orders actually is helping us invest in ads mm. to be able to and be able to spread this message further faster and as wide and across the nation as we can um so if you go on the website simplylovejesus.com it'll be right there on the front page yeah um and you can learn more about our organization and different ways that you can stay connected um but yeah if you'd like to pre-order the book just go to simplylovejesus.com yes sir well family man you heard it here caleb bro i want to thank you so much for your time and people i want to encourage every person who support me to go out and support Caleb. This is my little brother, man. I believe in him. I believe in the message that God has given him. And I believe that it's a right now message for where we are in this world right now because all of us need to understand and, and, and know what it actually means to simply love Jesus. Well, family, that's all of the time I got for you today, man. I pray you guys have a rest of uh, a great day. I love you. And always remember, if don't nobody else love you, I love you. I'm out.